Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. All right, good morning. So you've got to imagine the scene with me this morning. John is there and he's a little bit later on in his life. And he has walked with Jesus in the flesh for three years, uh, talked with Jesus, slept right next to Jesus. Everything was there when Jesus was on the cross. And now he's at this moment where he sits down and he's getting ready to write this gospel. Other people are attempting it and people are telling Jesus' story, but he's like, no, 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 I've got to tell the story too. Now, any good storyteller knows that the way you open a story is critical. Your first words, like if you're going to write a novel, if you're going to write a book, if you're going to open a movie, what happens at the very beginning is critical. So you could imagine John sitting there, pencil and paper, just waiting. It's probably scroll and ink or something. And he's sitting, how should I start this story? I got it. The sun was not bright. It was too wet to play. So we stayed in the house on that cold, cold. No, 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 no. That's not how I want to start the story. Ah, I got it. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. That's not it either. It's good. Somebody might use that one day. No, no, I got it. Once upon a time, Ooh, I like that. We're getting closer. Once upon a time, time, start the beginning, the beginning, in the beginning. Ooh, ooh, that's good. See, see I, think, I think young people will be intrigued by it. Old people will argue about it. It's familiar and yet it's new, it's this new story in the beginning. And if you were there, these first words that John writes would be very familiar because they're all of a sudden, ooh, this is Genesis chapter one. And then John switches up on you and he says something like this, in the beginning was the word and the word already existed and the word was with God and the word was God and he existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. And nothing was created except through him. The word, it gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. And the light, it does what? It shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot extinguish it. Man, that is how you start a book right there. Just wow, this is it, that is the one. And so you're starting to read this story and you think you understand it, but man, it's something new, it's something old and yet familiar. And you're thinking back and you're remembering Genesis 1 and in the beginning God created and the earth was formless and without void and then he speaks into this and he says, light be, and it was. And he separated the light from the darkness and he goes through this creation process. And it's, it's amazing because uh, we actually translate in some of your uh, versions of the Bible say, uh, let there be light. But it actually says, light be, is what original Hebrew just, so God, light, you ain't got no other choice. Just be. And it was. 
I mean, it's like ordering Amazon. B, and it's at your doorstep. Got this light, and it's there. And so whenever John makes this reference to that, there was this darkness, and there was light. And when light was shined into it, there's the, the reader and the familiarity of like, oh, no, I've kind of heard this, but this is something new. And it's interesting that even God does this on the first day. He creates and he separates this light and this darkness. And there was light and there's darkness. But if you read the passages, he doesn't create the sun or the moon and the stars until day four. So, whoa, 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 hold on, God. How, how does that work out? There was light without a sun? Yeah, yeah. And, and, there, and there, there's this word and there's this word that comes into creation when in the word is spoken and light goes out, darkness has to flee. Ooh, so, so the reader's hearing this, and it's something old, it's something familiar, and all of a sudden he's saying, you're getting ready to hear this story about this word, and the word was, and the word was with, and in the beginning, all before all of this, when he spoke this, and this light, and this darkness, and there was separation, everything he did, there was this light, this is an, a new kind of light, and he's still speaking and some new words, because originally he spoke, and there was moon and stars and, and, and grass and rivers and animals and little chihuahuas. And it was good. But now I want to introduce you to this word who's still speaking. But these words are something new. These are words like salvation and grace and mercy and healing these are words that are now coming into being, words like love. And just as was spoken in the beginning, it's being spoken now through the word, the word. Now, it's interesting because there's this poetry about it. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 is actually an ancient Hebrew poem. And it's written in this poetic style. And so John opens his book with this poetic style, this, this kind of beautiful wonder, the words, and there was the beginning, the word, and there's this beauty to it, and there's this unity and consistency through all it. And is it poetry? Yes. Is it theology? Yes. It's all of it wrapped into one. And at first, you're thinking to yourself, it kind of doesn't make sense because you're getting ready to write the story of the most important story of all times and let's be honest, most of us have no clue what poetry means. We read it and we act like we understand it, but we don't. I have no clue what Edgar Allan Poe's talking about. All of those classes that you took, you have no, you just, oh yeah, that's good. I don't know what it means. So John, if you're writing the story, we want to make sure we know what it means. But, but here, here's where it gets, like, because poetry and theology, and you got to remember that he's attempting to describe God. If I was to ask you right now, how do you describe God? What would you tell me? Now think about that for a moment. Describe God to me. All these words start rushing through your head. You go, well, God's love. All right, well, describe love to me. Tell me about this love. What is it? What does that look like to you? Describe, describe it. Describe the indescribable. Describe this God who created everything with a word. We have a hard time describing God sometimes. And it's understandable. Like it's, it's God. Just imagine if that's your job, to sit down and write, like, I just want you to understand this is what God is like. 
what words would you put on the paper? I mean, let's be honest. We, we hardly can describe how to connect to the Wi-Fi. It's like 17 steps later, you might get connected. Describing God. And the writers use these words like light and fire and wind and whispers and trumpets. All of it to describe Jesus. How would you describe it? How would you name? Well, I, I am. Well, who are you, God? I am. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. I am. Uh, uh, who? Yep. Me? Yep. No. I? What? I am. Describing the undescribable. Describe a sunset. Describe something beautiful. Here's what I think. I think you can't talk about God and not be a poet. You can't talk about God and not be a poet. Because you're beginning to describe something that, well, it's, it's God, it's Jesus. And, and John here, he's drawing on the rhythms of Moses. He's drawing on the rhythms of Genesis 1. And, and in Genesis 1, it's the rhythm of creation. But now in John 1, it's the rhythm of salvation. Because I want you to know this God that created and everything, before it was even done, he created everything in it and in him and through him all these things were made. And he's the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. So everything that you, that he already had this planned out, he knows. Nothing's taking him by surprise. And it starts with this word. And we've been in the series about ancient paths. And what are the things that'll take us through that have been around for all of eternity that will continue to go through all of eternity? And in 1 Peter, it re he reminds us, that, listen, the word of the Lord remains forever. The word of the Lord remains forever. Now there's three different words, there's probably some more, but three specifically different ones that they uh, talk about in scriptures. There's the written word of God, there's the spoken word of God. And then, as John brings it now, there is the word, the being, the, the man, Christ Jesus. So are you, are you talking about the written word of God? Yep. Are you talking about the spoken word of God? Yep. Are you talking about the person, Christ Jesus? Yep. And all throughout Scripture, you've got to love that none of the writers have a problem with this. They love the tension that they could talk about this kind of trinity of word. It's spoken, written, the person, all of it together without any tension at all. The very nature of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all together. Is it one? Yep. Is it three? Yep. It's kind of like a Subaru. Is it a car? Yep. Is it a truck? Yeah. Is it an SUV? Yeah. It's kind of all three of those things, and no one really knows what a Subaru is, and yet people still buy them. Or, or it's, it's kind of like asking your spouse if they're hungry. Hey, babe, are you hungry? Yeah. Well, kind of. I'm not sure. No. Which one is it? Are you hungry, girl? Yeah. No. It's three and one. And she doesn't see the tension. So are we going to eat or not? <laughs> Spoken, written, the being, all of this together. How would you describe God? Painting this picture, this beautiful picture of God. I remember years ago, I was in Indonesia, and I was talking to my brother last night about this. And we were talking, and there was this moment where I was learning the language. 
And as I'm learning the language, there's different things that would come up. And every once in a while, there'd be a word that even the Indonesian people would have a hard time translating into English. And I got to where I loved this particular type of tea that they had uh, in Indonesia. And then the name of the tea is Sariwangi. And it literally, the translation into that means the essence of tea. And, and, and I'm looking at these words and I'm asking everybody, you know, hey, this tea, like how, how do you, and they're trying to tell back to me the best they can the word essence, but they don't know the English word essence. And so they're trying to describe essence. It's like kind of, it's the fullness of tea. It's the, the, the tea that every other tea wants to be like. It's, it's just the best tea, which I got to be honest, I know most of you Christian people in the room love coffee, which is literally one step. It's like Christian crack, y'all. <laughs> y'all need to start drinking tea. Tea is the tea that, I mean, Jesus drunk tea, so I mean, we're building a cafe. It's going to have tea in there somewhere. But there's this tea, and I'm asking how, how to translate it, and, and, I, and I finally kind of get to the word essence. Oh, it's the essence of something. But it took all of this describing to understand. It took words. It took images. It took stories. It took, well, listen, he's the God who speaks. He's a word. It's written. And it's the book. And it's the person, Christ Jesus. First Peter 1, 23 through 25 says it like this. For you have been born again, not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life it will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. Now, as the scriptures say, the people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, you've got to love Peter because John is the poet. John is the artist. Peter, not so much. Peter is the dude that's like, he's chopping ears off, foot in the mouth, every time. And so even in this moment, he's trying to encourage us, but it's really hard to find it at first. Peter's kind of a bad news, good news, bad news, bad news, bad news, good news kind of guy. Hey, bad news, you're dying. Quickly, have a great day. Oh, and, and your life? Yeah, it's like grass, and it's like flowers, and it just withers and fades away. This is what your life is like. Have a wonderful day, grace and peace. Come on, Peter, you're supposed to be encouraging. He's like, yeah, this is the reality. You die quick. Remember, I know there's some people in the room, some, uh, uh, some, some 60s and 70s kids, a few of y'all. Don't act like you. Yeah, a few Woodstockers, my mom. She was there. Come on, Hendrix. You know, I know Randy was there. Where's Randy at? <laughs> Randy was playing lead guitar. Yeah. Yeah, Randy was there. But, but remember, like, 67 and then 80s, like, you, you, were, you were the kid and you, you, the, the boom box on your shoulder, the little eight-inch subwoofer right there. Like, psh, you're walking down the street, and you're cool, right? And then you grew up, and then you complained about it being too loud in church. Like, oh, let's see, just turn it down. Alan with the guitar all the time. Let's turn it down. And that's, you know, you're in your 50s and 60s. And then later on, a few of you in the room, you're in your 80s and your 90s. And you're like, 
What? <laughs> what? You see the progression? I'm like, yeah, it's awesome, it's loud. Like, turn it down, I can't hear anything you're saying. And Peter's like, your life is just like that. It starts off one way, and then you just kind of, you end up driving the minivan. <laughs> That's how it is. Dreams of Corvettes. And you'll get one when you're 70, but you'll drive 45 in the fast lane. <laughs> you don't know how to use it. This is what your life is like. It's grass. It withers. I don't know about you, but my grass gets cut every Thursday at 4. <laughs> this is what your life is like. It will get mowed down the second you start to grow up. What? <laughs> and your life, it's like this, the flowers, the beautiful flowers in a vase. And you put them there. Oh, it's so beautiful. And it fills the house with aroma and color for seven days. And then they're dead. And they're like falling over in the vase. And you tried to take care of them, but you can't. And it's kind of irony that we use the rose as the symbol of love because it's the quickest dying flower of all of them. <laughs> it literally is. Here's an expression of love to you, baby. Seven days later. <laughs> reds turn to pink, turn to browns, turn to black. Like, this is what your life's like. You don't want Peter writing Hallmark cards. But then he tries to give us some hope. But... The word of the Lord remains forever. Now, here's what's important with all that. When you start reading the words of Peter, you start reading the words of John, you start reading the words of Paul, and you look at the scriptures as a whole, and you look at what they're doing as they're telling Jesus' story, there's something that begins to happen in the tone of their writing and in their story where you see Peter has had huge mistakes in his life. But, but Jesus is coming to feed my sheep. And all of a sudden, you start flipping over to Acts, and all of a sudden, man, it's kind of a different Peter. And you get into 1 Peter and 2 Peter, and you start reading his story, and all of these things happen. And by the time Peter's write this, Peter realizes he's getting older, and he's starting to wither, and he's starting to fade, and a lot of his friends are dying. And there's persecution for the gospel that's happening. But here, under all of this, there is still a passion in his voice. There is still all of this, the grass is withering, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord will endure forever. Everything that we're going through, all of the persecution that's happening, everything that's happened in my life, people are doing these things. Paul would even say it, to, to live is Christ, to die is gain. All of these things, it's nothing compared to knowing Christ. And there's this passion, there's this hope in their voice, and this is key, this is key, guys, get this. Because some of you, you've been running this race 20 years. 30 years, 40 years, and you're starting to feel it. You're starting to feel the grass wither. You're starting to feel the flower fade. And here's the thing, you want to stay passionate because it's in your heart. This is a key to it. And you know what it is? It's eternal focus. It's eternal focus. When Peter says the word of the Lord will endure forever, he's like, I'm living for something bigger than this. The word of God tells me that there's more to this life than just this. So whenever I look at the grass withers and the flower fades, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with all of this happening around me. 
Because I, I know that God's word goes beyond. It will change humanity. It's changed me. See, I think one of the worst things that you could do in this life is just try to be cool. Try to fit in. Try to, try to, try to be like everyone else. Because when you do that, you're constantly playing catch up. And when you're trying to be cool and you're trying to be hip and you're trying to be trendy, you'll never really find yourself. You'll find yourself trying to be someone else that God didn't create you to be. Just be you. And Peter's comfortable and John's comfortable. And these guys couldn't be, they're completely different characters. But man, they were like best friends. Because they were just comfortable being themselves. There's nothing better than getting around somebody that's just comfortable with themselves. I tell you, that's, that's why I married my wife. I remember this one moment. We went out, and we went to this nice place with friends, and people are ordering, and people are getting the filet mignons and all these things. And it comes to Devin, and she's like, I want the New York strip. I was like, you know, you can get the filet if you want, girl. She's like, I like the New York better. She's the one. <laughs> that's when I knew. She's comfortable with who she is. And I ain't got to buy the expense stake. You know what I'm saying? I'm a math guy. And, uh, but are you comfortable with you? Are you, just a, are you just always trying to impress somebody? Like, Lucas, why do you wear white shirts all the time? I just like white shirts. Because they're three for $9 at TJ Maxx. <laughs> Y'all, I could buy like five packs of them, and it gets me through the whole year. And when I spill spaghetti on them, I don't care. I just like white shirts, and I don't care if you don't like it or not. I know you want me to dress up, but this is me. Are you comfortable with yourself? The word of the Lord, the eternal word. Here's the thing about the word of the Lord. It doesn't lose its value the second you drive it off the lot. It doesn't break down under the stress of life. It doesn't change to the pressures of culture. It doesn't adjust for in inflation. There's no political agenda other than that of just Jesus. It doesn't fade in the strength of the sun because it is the sun. It brings light and it lights up the darkness. It is sharper than any two-edged sword and yet it never holds a blade. It cuts down to the marrow and yet it's never swung in rage. It heals the brokenhearted and gives life to these dry bones. It's alive and it's life and yet I can't find its pulse and yet it's there. There are no vital signs and yet it's still breathing life today. It cuts to the heart and yet it doesn't hold a scalpel. There's no blood and yet it's a bloody mess of the cross. And it is eternal. And you could count on it and you could put your life on it and you could live by it. And it has a name and that name is Jesus. And it's written and it's spoken and it walks among us. And it is alive. It is the word of God. The name of Jesus, there's just something about that name. John 5, 29 says, these words give testimony about me. Everything that we're reading, all of this written words, all of this that I'm speaking that you're now writing, John, it gives testimony about who Jesus is. John 1, 14 says, the word became flesh and it walked among us. In Revelations 19, 13, there's a name, and it's written on him, and that name is this, the Word of God. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Now, the Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe this. 
The Jehovah's Witnesses have a problem with this because they don't believe in the Trinity. And so they've taken this verse, and this verse has been changed. Their verse, they read it like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was a God. And they do that because they can't reconcile the two. They can't reconcile that God was, he was either, either was or was with, but he can't be both. And we can look at that and we just say, oh, how terrible. But isn't that what we do sometimes? We take the word of God and we change it to fit our own personal preferences. We take the word of God and we mold it and we change it until we're left with a Bible that fits our own uh, sexual desires, our own gender preferences, our own ways of handling governance or power or wealth. Not a lot of amens on that one. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You know I'm right. We mold a gospel to what we're left with is a Jesus who follows us instead of a us who follows Jesus. I thought about this week, what if Jesus had an Instagram account? He wouldn't follow you. You could follow him. You know those numbers, how many people are following you and how many are following you back? No, 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 he ain't gonna follow you. He'll leave the 99 for the one, he'll bring you in, but he, no, no, you gotta follow him. Let the dead bury their own dead. You follow me. Sell what you have. Give it to the poor. Follow me. Follow me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say, in the beginning was a feeling, and the feeling was God. No, no. How, how many times man, do we just, oh, oh, pastor, I just, I just feel like, I just feel like God's okay with me leaving my wife. No, he's not. He's really not. I promise you. Oh, but pastor, you don't know how mean she is. You don't know about this woman. I don't need to know. But, but, but pastor, I just, I just feel like, I feel like this love that we have for each other, God's not okay with it. Oh, pastor, you know, I just, I'm mad. I can't believe you do this. I just, I feel like God's calling us to another church. Really? Because what it feels like is you're just angry. It feels like you're dealing with some disappointment. It feels like there's some resentment. It, feel, as a matter of fact, it might just be just sheer laziness. Good old-fashioned pride to try to cover up. Like, no, no, God ain't any of those things. God's calling you on. He's going to call you on to a place of love a place of grace and mercy, and I'm going to bless you as we go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Have we formulated a gospel just to make us feel better? Written, spoken, embodiment, all of these things have to align. So if what God is saying to you is different than what's written in this Word, you've missed it. Like, it's that simple. It really is. I just feel like you need to keep praying. Get in the Word, because if you're something contradictory, something ain't lining up, because this Trinity is three in one. It all comes together, written, spoken, the embodiment of who Jesus is. See, we are going to be a people of the Word. The only question is which Word? His Word or your Word or culture's Word or the enemy's Word or what's hot's Word, society's Word, what's media's Word, you're following some kind of word. And when we follow something that's other than Jesus, 
we get left in a place that Jesus ain't there. Like, whoa, how did I get here? We formulate this gospel that's free from words like suffering and persecution and sacrifice. And oftentimes we formulate a gospel that's rooted in things like health and wealth, that your best life is right now. And listen, I, with all due respect, this is not your best life. With, with, and I say that with as much respect and honor as I can. But your best life is yet to come. Is yet to come. Because the scriptures say, there will come a day in the culmination of all things where we fully know him just as we are fully known. And we stand in his presence before our maker. And it's just to know you, Jesus. That is your best life. To get to where Jesus, oh my God, all of these things about you that I did not know. To live with him for eternity forever and ever and ever. See, right now, all the best that we can hope for is just taste of the kingdom. The kingdom breaks through in this life, and it breaks, and there's moments of, oh, God just poured out his glory, and there's taste of the kingdom, and I, and I saw you now, but I see in part all of this happening. Because what? Listen, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And I'm telling you, it's an ancient path. It's tried, and it's trued, and it's breathed upon. His spoken word, his written word, Jesus Christ himself. I'm asking everyone to stand to their feet, ask the worship team to come back up. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I'm going to get this wrong, but I remember there was a moment, it was years ago, my mom, uh, used to teach a lot of uh, women's studies, and she made this comment uh, one time about how everyone talks about the speed of light. And she said, no one ever has taken time to contemplate the speed of darkness. That just captured my attention. It's like, hmm, I've never thought of that. And then you read this and you realize when light breaks in, darkness has to flee. Whew. How quick is it? As quick as that light breaks in. When that light breaks in, whew. even when a sun hasn't even been formed yet, there's already light there. And in the beginning, God created. And it was formless and it was void. And you feel like there's a void in your life and you're waiting for things to take form in your marriage and in your finances and with your kids. And when the light breaks in, darkness has to flee. And he speaks words. And I wanna let you know this morning, we serve a God who is alive and he is still speaking. His word is still going out. And when he said light be, it's still happening still underneath the command of our Savior. Jesus, let's pray. Come. Lord, the psalmist said, your word, it's like a, 
It's a lamp into my feet. It's a light into my path. Lord, may we be people of the word. People of your written word, your spoken word, of you, Jesus, to know you, to know you. The power of your resurrection, the fellowship of your suffering. We just invite you in this space, Lord. Lord, I just pray over this church right now. May we be a church of your word. May we be a people that discipline ourselves to get into your word, to know you more, Jesus. To know truth, to know why we believe what we believe. get in the word and find it's the word that's getting in us if you're in the room this morning and you don't know him may today be the day of your salvation if that's you I just want you to put your hand real high in the air to say I'm just tired of walking the space without Jesus I need him I just want to lead you in a prayer of surrender is there anyone in the room this morning? Just hand real high in the air. Keep it there so I can see it. That you don't want to go another day without Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Church, I'm going to everyone to please pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus. God, I surrender. I am yours. You are mine. Fill me up. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I love you. Amen. Guys, can we give it up? We had someone in the room this morning. Come on. Come on. Gave their life to Jesus, the greatest miracle of all time. Hey, let's take a few minutes and let's just worship together. Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.